0: Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for today's reading. Thank you for blessing us and all that we do, all that we have. Today, this day, is the 21st of May. And I'm going to start reading with 1 Samuel 29, verse 1. Lord, give us ears to hear and a heart to listen to your word. Amen. We, as we come in unison for your glory and your honor today. Amen. <clears throat> 1 Samuel 29, chapter 29, verse 1. The entire Philistine army now mobilized at Aphek, and the Israelite camp at the Spring of Jezreel. As the Philistine rulers were leading out their troops in groups of hundreds and thousands, David and his men marched at the rear with King Achish. But the Philistine commanders demanded, What are these Hebrews doing here? And Achish told them, This is David, the servant of King Saul of Israel. He's been with me for years, and I never found a single fault in him from the day he arrived until now. But the Philistine commanders were angry. Send him back to the town you've given him. They demanded, He can't go into the battle with us. What if he turns against us in battle and becomes our adversary is there any better way for him to reconcile himself with his master than by handing our heads over to him isn't this the same david upon whom the women of israel sing in their dances saul has killed his thousands and david his ten thousands so achish finally summoned david and said to him i swear by the lord that you have been a trustworthy ally I think you should go with me into battle, for I never found a single flaw in you from the day you arrived until today. But the other Philistine rulers won't hear of it. Please don't upset them. Go back quietly. What have I done to deserve this treatment, David demanded? What have you what have you ever found in your servant that I can go and fight the enemy of my lord, the king? But Achish insisted, as far as I'm concerned, you're perfect as an angel of God, but the Philistine commanders are afraid to have you with them in the battle. Now get up early in the morning and leave with your men as soon as it gets light. So David and his men headed back into the land of the Philistines, where the Philistine army, with the Philistine army went on to Israel. Uh, chapter 30, verse 1. Three days later, when David and his men arrived home at their town of Siklag, they found that the Amalekites had made a raid into the Negev and Siklag. They had crushed Siklag and burned it to the ground. They had carried off the women and children and everyone else but without killing anyone. When David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, they wept until they could weep no more. David's two wives, Ahinoam and Jezreel and Abigail, excuse me, Ahinoam from Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal from Carmel, were among those captured. David was now in great danger because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters, and they began to talk of stoning him. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Then he said to Abiathar the priest, "Bring me the epaulette." So Abiathar brought it. Then David asked the Lord, "Should I chase after this band of raiders? Will I catch them?" And the Lord told him, "Yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you." So David and his six hundred men set out, and they came to, the, and they came to the brook of Bezor. But two hundred of the men were too exhausted to cross the brook. So David continued the pursuit with 400 men. Along the way, they found an Egyptian man in a field and brought him to David. They gave him some bread to eat and water to drink. They also gave him part of a fig cake and two clusters of raisins, for he hadn't had anything to eat and drink for three days and nights before long his strength returned. To whom do you belong and where do you come from? David asked him. I am an Egyptian, the slave of an Amalekite, he replied. My master abandoned me three days ago because I was sick. We were on our way back from raiding the Kerotites in the Negev, the territory of Judah and the land of Caleb, and we had just burned sicklag. Will you lead me to this band of raiders? David asked. The young man replied, If you take a note in God's name that you will not kill me or give me back to my master, Then I will guide you to them. So he led David to them, and they found the Amalekites spread out across the fields, eating and drinking and dancing with joy because of the vast number of plunder they had taken from the Philistines and the land of Judah. David and his men rushed in among them and slaughtered them throughout the night, and the entire next day until evening. Wow! None of the Amalekites escaped except 400 young men who fled on camels. David got back everything the Amalekites had taken, and he rescued his two wives. Nothing was missing, small or great, son or daughter, nor anything else that had been taken. David brought everything back. He also recovered all the flocks and herds, and his men drove them ahead of other livestock. This plunder belongs to David, they said. Then David returned to the brook Bezor and met up with the 200 men who had been left behind because they were too exhausted to go with him. They went out to meet David and his men, and David greeted them joyfully. But some evil troublemakers among David's men said, They didn't go with us, so they can't have any of their plunder we recovered. Give them their wives and children and tell them to be gone. But David said, No, my brothers, don't be selfish with what the Lord has given us. He has kept us safe and helped us defeat the band of raiders that attacked us. Who will listen when you talk like this? We share and share alike. Those who go to battle and those who guard the equipment. From then on, David made this decree and regulation for Israel, and it is still followed today. When he arrived at Ziklag, David sent part of the plunder to the elders of Judah, who were his friends. Here is the present for you. Taken from the Lord's enemies, he said. The gifts were sent to the people of the following towns David had visited. Beto, Ramat, Negev, Jatir, Aroer, Sipmot, Eshtimoah, Rasko, the towns of the Jereh, Melites, and the towns of the Canaanites Horma, Bor-Ashan, Atak, Hebron, and all the other places David and his men had visited. Now the Philistines attacked Israel, and the men of Israel fled before them. Many were slaughtered on the slopes of Mount Gilboa. The Philistines closed in on Saul and his sons, and they killed three of his sons, Jonathan, Abinadab, and Malkishu. The fighting grew very fierce around Saul, and the Philistine archers caught, him, caught up with him and wounded him severely. Saul groaned to his armor-bearer, Take your sword and kill me before these pagan Philistines come to run me through and taunt and torture me. But his armor-bearer was afraid and would not do it. So Saul took his own sword and he fell on it. When his armor-bearer realized that Saul was dead, he fell on his sword and died beside the king. So Saul, his three sons, his armor-bearer, and his troops all died together that same day. When the Israelites on the other side of the Jezreel Valley and beyond the Jordan saw that the Israelite army had fled and that Saul and his sons were dead, they abandoned their towns and fled. So the Philistines moved in and occupied their towns. The next day when the Philistines went out to strip the dead, they found the bodies of Saul and his three sons on Mount Gilboa. So they cut off Saul's head and stripped off his armor. Then they proclaimed the good news of Saul's death in their pagan temple, and to the people throughout the land of Philistia. They placed his armor in the temple of the Ashtoreth, and they fastened his body to the wall of the city of Bethshan. But when the people of Jabesh Gilead heard what the Philistines had done to Saul, all their mighty warriors traveled throughout the night to beth and took the bodies of Saul and his sons down from the wall. They brought them to Jabesh, where they burned the bodies. Then they took their bones and buried them beneath the Tamaric street at Jabesh, and they fasted for seven days. Amazing, amazing story. <clears throat> like it where it says, and David found strength in the Lord, in verse 6. Amen,
1: yes, yes.
0: Usually when problems happen, people look to someone to blame. Mm -hmm. And and David, as anointed of God, found strength in the Lord God, he encouraged himself. Amen, amen.
1: You know, I, I really like up here um, in verse number, let's see, two, three, you okay, can see, it's part of three, but it says, um, and Akish told them, this is David, the servant of King Saul of Israel. He's been with me for years, and it says, and I've never found a single fault in him from the day until he arrived today. It's kind of a reminder that God doesn't find fault with us. That we're forgiven. That we're righteous. Um, that, you know, um, He's not looking at us the way we look at ourselves sometimes. Like, I made this mistake. I did that in the past. You know, I didn't make that good decision. I lost my temper on the freeway. Whatever that is, God is not finding fault with us. He's looking at Jesus. And that that's how He sees us. So I kind of picked up on that because it repeats it a couple times. It goes down as I, you know, again down in verse. Uh, I don't know where it is. Verse four, five, maybe five later in five or seven or somewhere in there. I says I never found a single plot in you from the day you arrived until today. Same thing. Hmm.
0: It's interesting to see how how long they fought, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, it says there was young people, <clears throat> the young people of it, of David's gang, or army, and there was also elderly people, you know, there was people and gray headed people with him. And David was about middle age, so they're the ones who the two hundred that stood at the river back, because they were already up in age. But it's amazing how they said that. <clears throat> They started fighting with them in the nighttime, uh-huh. and they fought and they killed them all day long into the nighttime the next day. I mean, that's supernatural power for them too. Yes,
1: cook. yes, it is. I mean, strength.
0: You know, there's another miracle that God is with them, giving mm-hmm. them extraordinary uh, yes. ability mm-hmm. to <clears throat> to fight
1: yes and after you because it said but David found strength in the Lord his God Um, and the very next verse is 7 it says bring me the ephod so avatar brought it then David asked the Lord should I chase after this band of raiders will I catch them he consulted with the Lord what should I do what are my next steps you know and the Lord responded yes go after them and I love this part he says you surely you will surely recover everything Okay, not part of it, not some of it, everything that was taken from you.
0: Okay, so how does that apply to us today? We don't have no Ephod.
1: We don't have an Ephod. What do we have? We have the God says that when something is taken from you, he'll return it back to you. He'll restore.
0: If it's his will.
1: Why wouldn't it be his will? Oh. So the enemy comes and takes from you.
0: Because the other scripture that's says, illegal. if someone takes it from you, let them have it. Yeah, but this
1: is—we're talking about the 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 enemy. Oh. Yeah, the enemy that comes in and tries to take your children, and tries to take your marriage, and tries to take—he mm-hmm. will. Re- I guess
0: will what restore. I'm referring to is that we get the Holy Spirit part. You know, that's how we hear—that's our epod, the Holy Spirit. Yes,
1: yes. We ask
0: Him, how should I do this, mm-hmm. Holy Spirit? And He'll tell you. Yeah. He say, well, that person needs it. You just pray for him, and I'll, I'll restore your fortunes. Or bring it back.
1: And in the next paragraph or so, a number, I can't, you know, the numbers are too small for me to read them, but it says 11. Along the way, they found an Egyptian man in the field and brought him to David. They gave him some bread to eat and water to drink. You know, what does Jesus always say? I'm the bread of life those who come to me that are thirsty will never thirst again, right? Bread and water. I just thought that was a good...
0: (laughs) Well, very revealing, honey.
1: (laughs) Well, babe, no, these are things you gotta look out for. There's not, not, you know...
0: I didn't see that. Thank you. That's why I'm bringing it up. I mean, you know that... uh, This
1: man came from nowhere.
0: It says where he came from. They left him behind.
1: Yeah, they left him behind, but he really was at the right place at the right time for
0: them yeah yeah okay, okay. let's move on go ahead and, and okay. uh, read john 11:55 to 12 19 please
1: the other thing i want to point out
0: Not yet, is uh, that
1: you know go back up to number i guess it's 2017 okay uh past 17 it said at the top there it says 18, David got back everything the Amalekites had taken, and he rescued his two wives. Nothing was missing, small or great, son or daughter, nor anything else that had been taken. David brought back everything back. He also recovered all the flocks and the herds, and his men drove them ahead of the other livestock. This plunder belongs to David, they said.
0: Well, you bring up a good point. You know, the minister says, even in our mistakes, God Mm -hmm. will bless us Mm -hmm. over Say for instance we you know we we make a purchase and we say Lord, it's a mistake, so yeah. he will bless us hmm. because we're the children of God.
1: Right. But the protection of God here is amazing for David's family cuz nobody was hurt. Nothing happened to yeah, their that's families. What says. You know, everything was intact. Um so, <clears throat> Awesome. Awesome.
0: Amen. Take that promise yeah. run with it. Yeah. Lord, He restores all to us when we praise Him and we thank Him. The other thing too is, uh, like didn't didn't it in the last chapter say that that uh, David was running to the Amalekites and raiding them and plunging their towns and killing everybody too? And before that, in the last couple of chapters,
1: yeah, I thought so. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so they were kind of like. So they were blessed that they didn't kill all their kids and their wives and right. the, all their things. That was a blessing. That was a protection from God. Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, wasn't Solomon going to come out of Abigail? I don't
1: know if Solomon... Yeah,
0: Solomon was still yet to be born. And he was going to... Oh, no, he was not going to come out of Abigail. He was going to make a Uzziah's wife. That's where he's. Uh, oh
1: yeah, right. Uriah's
0: wife. Uriah. Uriah. That's So right. I'm getting ahead, uh-huh. getting ahead of myself here. Yeah. In closing, yeah. we got to move on. Come on.
1: But I just, I do like it where it says, uh, where David said number 23. But David said, No, my brothers, don't be selfish with what the Lord has given us. Mm. He has kept us safe and helped us defeat the band of raiders that attacked us.
0: Amen. That's a very good point because yeah. that's that's for us is is. That's why when Jesus was saying, "When someone slaps you on the sheet, take something from you," it's the same principle. Look, you have a chance to get them saved. You're going to go to heaven forever and ever. They're going to go to hell forever and ever. And in that slap, that taken, and, and without you being loving, hiding like your father mm-hmm. and letting go, then you're going to. They have a chance to come to the Lord. We have a lot of people in AA that were homeless, uh-huh. like Ruben, and he says, it was the loving kindness of the Christian that allowed me to believe, mm-hmm. he said. Mm-hmm. You know, they did, I was two years. He was a police officer. He ended up homeless Wow. against society and just a vagabond. And, and people that brought him soup and stuff, in mm-hmm. yeah. you know, a couple of years, they brought him back to life. Mm-hmm. You know, now, now he's working, getting 175,000, working at a hospital as a
1: but it, administrator. It, yeah, I like that. Kind of like a a good, uh, just a a way to operate when God blesses you and protects you and keeps you safe and provides for you. You know, we don't operate in a in a in a greed mode, right? We continue to bless others and and um, just it's it's he, uh, you know. If you're not protected, you're not safe. So what if you have all these blessings, right? you got to be, the covering of the Lord has to be over you and be, keep you.
0: Do you have a highlighter? You're making notes of these things? Well,
1: I have them right here. I underline them as I go.
0: Yeah, that's really good. He, he, uh, he says troublemakers were among them. We always have troublemakers. Yeah. We have troublemakers in AA that right. I said, mm-hmm. why do you give free pancakes yeah. to the homeless?
1: right. Mm. They're
0: not even putting in a dollar.
1: Right.
0: So, you know, and they and they actually with their mouths mm-hmm. they stopped yeah. the the flow of love. Yeah. And then the homeless were happy and they know us and yeah. I'm walking down to Von Mark. hey Fernando, they're they're
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, it's just we have to um Freely give out what the Lord gives us. And that's in the blessing
0: too. We pray you know. that the Lord gives us the strength and, and a heart, you know, to yeah. to be at the right place in the right time. And soul.
1: Amen. So this is a And then, really and then,
0: then, uh, and then uh, now about Saul, Jonathan, you know, all these great fighters. See how skillful the Philistines too were very skillful mm-hmm. as far as uh, organized. You know, and they, and they shot their arrows, uh, and then the the presence of God was not with Saul; he wasn't protecting Israel because Saul, the leader, you know, and Samuel was dead. So there was really no spiritual heading in Israel at that time. So there was no covering, and uh, they got slaughtered. The fighting grew very fierce around Saul. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, I hadn't heard that. Before or read that before where they just put Saul's body on the wall with I mean it's How dishonoring is that you know even he's a human being I mean it's kind
0: of like well That's what the kings did did you hear the other king said what about David turns out and he'll take our heads to Saul? Okay, that's what they did they take uh-huh. they take the heads of their king uh-huh. and that was the way uh, wow. That's the way they play their games They took his head it doesn't say that they took the heads of the sons, but they took the head of him, and they and they fastened their body on the wall. And it's nice to see that the uh, the great warriors uh, went and got him back. Uh, the warriors, mighty, all their mighty warriors traveled throughout the night, Yeah. and I'm sure they had some fighting. It doesn't say, but you know they went into the town, and they took the bodies. Of them, mm-hmm. and, they burned them and they brought them back and they fasted. Now, David rewarded them for that when mm-hmm. he became king mm-hmm. for honoring um, Saul. And, and oh, it was a sad time in Israel when Saul got, you know, like the sword you were carrying this morning, he just put it like this on his belly and then he flopped on, on it. Okay, uh, we're not we gonna have time can to can this. do this. Yeah. I'll be can we back. We do John
1: next because we always like to get into John and woohoo! Good job, babe. Do, I like to do the the Old Testament or the in the morning and the New Testament later because then I can be more alert.
0: Well done, baby. Psalm 51 from the King James Version. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgression, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Perch me with hyssop, and it I shall be clean. Wash me, I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide the face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors the ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing out loud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desire not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. Do good in thy good pleasures unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offerings, and whole burnt offerings. Then shall they offer bullocks upon the altar. Amen. Now we jump over to Psalm 81. Sing out loud unto God our strength. Sing out loud unto God our strength. Make a joyful noise unto the God of Jacob. Take a psalm and bright hater and timbrel and the pleasant harp with the palstry. Blow up the trumpet in the new moon in the time appointed in our solemn feast day. For this was the statue for Israel and the law of the God of Jacob. For he ordained in Joseph for a testimony when he went out to the land of Egypt, where I heard a language that I understood not. I removed his shoulder from the burden, his hands were delivered from the pots. Thou calledest in trouble, and I delivered thee. I answered thee in the secret place of thunder. I proved thee at the waters of Meribah, Salah. Hear, O my people, and I will testify unto thee, O Israel. If thou wilt hearken unto me, there shall no stranger God be in thee, neither shall thou worship any strange God. I am the Lord thy God, who brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. But my people would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would none of me. So I gave them up unto their own hearts lust, and they walked in their own counsel. Oh, that my people had hearkened unto me, and Israel had walked in my ways. I should soon have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves unto him, but their time should have endured forever. He should have fed them also with the finest of the wheat, and with the honey out of the rock should I have satisfied thee. Amen. Now we go to Psalm 111. 1. 1. Praise you the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. The works of the Lord are great, sought out of all of them that have pleasure therein. His work is honorable and glorious and His righteousness endureth forever. He has made His wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He has given meat unto them that fear Him. He will ever be mindful of His covenant. Amen. He has shown His people the power of His works, that He may give them the heritage of the heathen. Amen. The works of His hands are verity and judgment, and all His commandments are sure. They stand fast forever and ever, and are done in truth and uprightness. He sent redemption unto his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and reverend is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. a good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. amen psalm one forty one Lord, I cried unto thee, make haste unto me, give ear unto my voice when I cry unto thee. Let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense, and the lifting of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth, keep the door of my lips, incline not my heart to any evil thing, to practice wicked works with men who work iniquity, and let me not eat of their dainties. Let the righteous smite, smite me, it shall be a kindness, and let him reprove me, it shall be an excellent oil, which shall not break my head, for yet my prayer also shall be in their calamities. When their judges are overthrown in stony places, they shall hear my words, for they are sweet. Our bones are scattered at the grave's mouth, as when one cut it and cleaveth wood upon the earth. But my eyes are unto thee, O God the Lord. In thee is my trust. Leave not my soul destitute. Keep me from the snares which they have laid for me. And the gins of the workers of iniquity. Let the wicked fall into their own nets. Withal I will withal all escape. Amen. All right, I'm going to go back to Psalm 111 and read it. And a couple of other versions. First, the NIV. I will extol the Lord with all my heart in the counsel of the upright and the assembly. Great are the works of the Lord. They are pondered by all who delight in them. Glorious in majesty are his deeds, and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers His covenant forever. He has shown His people the power of His works, giving them the lands of other nations. The works of His hands are faithful and just. All His precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever, enacted in faithfulness and uprightness. He provided redemption for His people. He ordained His covenant forever. Holy and awesome is His name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow His precepts have good understanding. To Him belongs eternal praise. Amen. Alright, now we go to Holy Bible. Easy reading. Psalm 111. Praise the Lord. I thank the Lord with all my heart in the assembly of the good people. The Lord does wonderful things, more than anyone could ask for. The things He does are great and glorious. There is no end to His goodness. He does amazing things so that we will remember that the Lord is kind and merciful. He gives food to His followers and He remembers His agreement forever. He has shown His people how powerful He is by giving them the land of other nations. Everything he does is good and fair. All his commands can be trusted. His commands will continue forever. They must be done with truth and honesty. He rescues his people and made his agreement with them forever. His name is awesome and holy. Wisdom begins with fear and respect for the Lord. Those who obey him are very wise. Praise will be sung to him forever. Amen. Hallelujah. I guess that'll do it. Let's read a Spanish one. Hallelujah. Alabar el Señor de todo corazón. En la reunión de los justos y en la asamblea, las obras del Señor son grandiosas. Cuantos las aman meditan sobre ellas espléndido y majestuoso es lo que hace. Su justicia permanece para siempre, ha hecho prodigios memorables, clemente y compasivo es el Señor, le alimento a quienes lo veneran. Recuerda eternamente su balanza. el poder de sus obras muestra a su pueblo al entregarles la heredad de las naciones actúa con verdad y justicia son inquebrantables sus preceptos firme por siempre jamás forjados de verdad y rectitud dios la libertad da libertad a su pueblo estableció para siempre su alianza, santo y venerable es su nombre venerar al Señor es la asencia del saber lo que así actúan son juiciosos. So, Alabanza, permaneza para siempre. Amen. Amen. Verse. Proverbs chapter 21. Mm-hmm. It did 21 today. When it is 21, I'm doing it again. Different version. Is there a problem, baby?
1: No problem, baby. Just
0: saying. Sure. Oh,
1: my eyes are already
0: okay, Message Bible. Good leadership is a channel of water controlled by God. He directs it to wherever it ends He chooses. We justify our actions by appearances. God examines our motives. Clean living before God and justice with our neighbors mean far more to God than religious performance. Arrogance and pride the marks in the wicked are just plain sin. Careful planning puts you ahead in the long run. Hurry and scurry puts you further behind. Make it to the top by lying and cheating. Get paid with smoke and a promotion to death. The wicked get buried alive by their loot because they refuse to use it to help others. Mixed motives twist life into tangles. Pure motives take you straight down the road. Better to live alone in a tumble tank shack than share a mansion with a nagging spouse. Wicked souls love to make trouble. They feel nothing for friends and neighbors. Simpletons only learn the hard way, but the wise learn by listening. A God-loyal person will see right through the wicked and undo the evil they plan. If you stop your ears to the cries of the poor, your cries will go unheard, unanswered. A quietly giving gift soothes an irritable person. A heartfelt present cools a hot-tempered person. Good people celebrate when justice triumphs, but the workers of the evil is a bad day. Whoever wanders off the straight and narrow ends up in a congregation of ghosts. You're addicted to thrills What an empty life. The pursuit of pleasure is never satisfied. What a bad person plots against the good, boomerangs. The plotter gets it in the end. Better to live in a tent in the wild than with a cross and pentland spouse. Valuables are safe in a wise person's home. Fools put it all out for yard sales. Whoever goes hunting for what is right and kind finds life itself, glorious life. One sage entered a whole city of armored soldiers Their trusted defenses fell to pieces. Watch your words and hold your tongue. You'll save yourself a lot of grief. You know their names. Brash, impudent, blasphemer, intemperate, hotheads, everyone. Lazy people finally die of hunger because they won't get up and go to work. Sinners are always wanting what they don't have. The God loyal are always giving what they do have. Religious performance by the wicked stinks. It's even worse when they use it to get ahead. A lying witness is unconvincing. A people who speaks truth is respected. Unscrupulous people make fake it a lot. Honest people are pure, are sure of their steps. Nothing clever, nothing conceived, nothing contrived can get the better of God. Do your best, prepare for the worst, and trust God. To bring you the victory, Amen. Amen. Okay, now I'm going to move over to the Good News Bible. Yeah, that
1: little tablet's already working.
0: Easy to read version makes you Proverbs 21. To the Lord, a king's mind is like a ditch used to water the fields. He can lead the king wherever he wants him to go. People think that whatever they do is right, but the Lord judges the reasons for everything they do. Do what is right and fair. The love loves more than that than sacrifice. <clears throat> a proud look and proud thoughts are sin. They show a person is evil. Careful planning leads to profit. Acting too quickly leads to poverty. Wealth that comes from telling lies disappears quickly and leads to death. The bad things that people, that evil people do, will destroy them. Because they refuse to do what is right. Criminals cause trouble wherever they go, but good people are honest and fair. It is better to live in a small corner of the roof than to share the house with a woman who is always arguing. Evil people always want to do more evil, and they show no mercy to people around them. When you punish a proud person who laughs at what is right, even fools will learn something. But a little instructions is enough for the wise to learn what they should. God is good. He knows what the wicked are doing, and he will punish them. Those who refuse to help the poor will not receive help when they need it themselves. If anyone is angry with you, give them a gift in private. A gift given in secret will calm even the strongest anger. A decision that is fair makes good people happy, but it makes those who are evil very afraid. Whoever leaves the path of wisdom will be on their way to an early death. Loving pleasure leads to poverty. Wine and luxury will never make you wealthy. The wicked must pay for what happens to good people. The cheaters will be taken in exchange for the honest. It is better to live in the desert than with a quick-tempered wife who loves to argue. Wise people save the nice things they have. Fools use up everything as soon as they get it. People who try hard to do good and be faithful will find life, goodness, and honor. Amen. A wise person can defeat a city full of warriors and tear down the defenses they trust in. People who are careful about what they say will save themselves from trouble. Proud people think they are better than others. They show they are evil by what they do. Lazy people will cause their own destruction because they refuse to work. Some people are greedy and never have enough. Good people are generous and have plenty. God hates sacrifice from the wicked, especially when the reason for offering them is evil. Witnesses who lie will be caught and punished. A careful listener will always bear to speak up. Good people know they are right, but the wicked have to pretend. Verse 30, there is no one wise enough to make a plan that can succeed against the Lord. Can you prepare your horse for battle, but only the Lord gives you the victory. You can prepare your horse for battle, but only the Lord can give you the victory. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today's reading. Lord, we ask you to bless this hour of power, Lord God, that we have with you, Lord. You've given us ears to hear, eyes to see, Lord, and and teach us your word. Lord, that you are our master, Rabboni, our, our shepherd, Lord, our salvation, Lord. We thank you that we learned so much today. We ask you to continue to bless us as we read your holy scriptures. In the Old Testament and New Testament, and Lord, enlighten our eyes, fill our hearts with your love and your instruction, Lord. Thank you for reproof and corrections, Lord, that we may abide by your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, May 20th, First Samuel 26, 1. Now some men from Zip came to Saul at Gibeah to tell him, David is hiding on the hill of Hakila, which overlooks Jeshimon. So Saul took 3,000 of Israel's elite troops and went to hunt him down in the wilderness of Zip. Saul camped along the road beside the hill of Hakila, near Jeshimon, where David was hiding. When David learned that Saul had come after him into the wilderness, he sent out spies to verify the report of Saul's arrival. David slipped over to Saul's camp one night to look around. Saul and Abner, son of Ner, the commander of his army, were sleeping inside a ring formed by the slumbering warriors. Who will volunteer to go in there with me? David asked. Ahimelech, the Hiliate, and Abishai, son of Zeruiah, Job's brother. I'll go with you, Abishai replied. So David and Abishai went right into Saul's camp and found him asleep with his spear stuck in the ground beside his head. Abner and the soldiers were lying asleep around him. God has surely handed your enemy over to you this time, Abishai whispered to David. Let me pin him to the ground with one thrust of the spear. I won't need to strike twice. No, David said, don't kill him. For who can remain innocent after attacking the Lord's anointed one? Surely the Lord will strike Saul down someday, or he will die of old age or in battle. The Lord forbid that I should kill the one he has anointed. But take his spear and that jug of water besides his head, and then let's get out of here. So David took the spear and jug of water that were near Saul's head, Then he and Abishai got away without anyone seeing them or even waking up, because the Lord had put Saul's man into a deep sleep. David climbed the hill opposite the camp until he was at a safe distance. Then he shouted down to the soldiers and to Abner, son of Ner. Wake up, Abner. Who is it, Abner demanded. Well, Abner, you're a great man, aren't you? David taunted. Where in all Israel is there anyone as mighty? So why haven't you guarded your master, the king, when someone came to kill him? This isn't good at all. I swear by the Lord that you and your men deserve to die because you failed to protect your master, the Lord's anointed. Look around. Where are the king's spear and the jug of water that were beside his head? Saul recognized David's voice and called out, Is that you, my son? And David replied, Yes, my lord, the king. Why are you chasing me? What have I done? What is my crime? But now let my lord, the king, listen to his servant. If the lord has stirred you up against me, then let him accept my offering. But if this is simply a human scheme, then may those involved be cursed by the lord. For they have driven me from my home so I can no longer live among the Lord's people. And they have said, Go, worship pagan gods. Must I die in foreign soil, far from the presence of the Lord? Why has the king of Israel come out to search for a single flea? Why does he hunt me down like a partridge on the mountains? Then Saul confessed, I have sinned. Come back home, my son, and I will no longer try to harm you. For you value my life today. I have been a fool and very, very wrong. Here's your spear, O king, David replied. Let one of your young men come over and get it. The Lord gives his own reward for doing good and for being loyal. And I refuse to kill you even when the Lord placed you in my power for you are the Lord's anointed one. Now may the Lord value my life, even as I have valued yours. Today, may he rescue me from all my troubles. And Saul said to David, Blessings on you, my son David. You will do many heroic deeds, and you will surely succeed. Then David went away, and Saul returned home. But David kept thinking to himself, Someday Saul is going to get me. The best thing I can do is escape to the Philistines. Then Saul will stop hunting for me in Israelite territory, and I will finally be safe. So David took his 600 men and went over and joined Achish, son of Moak, the king of God. David and his men and their families settled there with Achish at Gath. David brought his two wives along with him, Ahinoam from Jezreel and Abigail. Nabal's widow from Carmel. Word soon reached Saul that David had fled to God, so he stopped hunting for him. One day David said to Akish, it is, If it's all right with you, we would rather live in one of the country towns instead of here in the royal city. So Akish gave him the town of Siklag, which still belongs to the kings of Judah to this day and they lived there among the Philistines for a year and four months. David and his men spent their time raiding the Geshurites, the Gersites, and the Amalekites, people who had lived near Shur toward the land of Egypt. Since ancient times, David did not leave one person alive in the village. He attacked, he took the sheep, goats, cattle, donkeys, camel, and clothing before returning home to see King Achish. Where did you make your raid today? Achish would ask. And David would reply, Against the south of Judah, the Jeriamealites, and the Canaanites. No one was left alive to come to God and tell where he had really been. This happened again and again while he was living among the Philistines. Achish believed David and thought to himself, By now the people of Israel must hate him bitterly. Now he will have to stay here and serve me forever. 28 verse 1. About this time, the Philistines mustered their armies for another war with Israel. King Achish told David, you and your men will be ex- expected to join me in battle. Very well, David agreed. Now you will see for yourself what we can do. Then Achish told David, I will make you my personal bodyguard for life. Meanwhile, Samuel had died, and all Israel had mourned for him. He was buried in Ramah, in his hometown. And Saul had banned from the land of Israel all mediums and those who consulted the spirits of the dead. The Philistines set up their camp at Shunem, and Saul gathered all the army of Israel at Camp Gilboa. When Saul saw the vast Philistine army, he became frantic with fear. He asked the Lord what he should do, but the Lord refused to answer him, either by dreams or by sacred laws or by the prophets. Saul then turned to his advisers, Find a woman who is a medium so I can go ask her what to do. His advisors replied, There is a medium at Endor. So Saul disguised himself by wearing ordinary clothing instead of his royal robes. Then he went to the woman's home at night, accompanied by two of his men. <clears throat> I have to talk to a man who has died. He said, will you call help his spirit for me? Are you trying to get me killed? The woman demanded. You know that Saul has outlawed all the mediums and all who consult the spirits of the dead. Why are you setting a trap for me? But Saul took an oath in the name of the Lord and promised as surely as the Lord lives, nothing bad will happen to you for doing this. Finally, the woman said, well, whose spirit do you want me to call up? Call up Samuel, Saul replied. When the woman saw Samuel, she screamed. You deceived me. You are Saul. Don't be afraid, the king told her. What do you see? I see a God coming up out of the earth, she said. What does he look like, Saul asked. He is an old man wrapped in a robe, she replied. Saul realized it was Samuel and he fell to the ground before him. Why have you disturbed me by calling me back, Samuel asked Saul. <clears throat> because I am in deep trouble, Saul replied. The Philistines are at war with me, and God has left me and won't reply by the prophets or dreams. So I call for you to tell me what to do. But Samuel replied, Why ask me since the Lord has left you and has become your enemy? The Lord has done just as he said he would do. He has torn the kingdom from from you and given it to your rival David. The Lord has done this to you today because you refused to carry out his fierce anger against the Amalekites. What's more, the Lord will hand you and the army of Israel over to the Philistines tomorrow and you and your sons will be here with me. The Lord will bring down the entire army of Israel in defeat. Saul fell full length on the ground, paralyzed with fright because of Samuel's words. He was also faint with hunger, for he had eaten nothing all day and all night. When the woman saw how distraught he was, she said, Sir, I obey your command at the risk of my life. Now do what I say, and let me give you a little something to eat so you can regain your strength for the trip back. But Saul refused to eat anything. Then his advisors joined the woman in urging him to eat. So he finally yielded and got up from the ground and sat on the couch. The woman had been fattening a calf, so she hurried out and killed it. She took some flour, kneaded it into dough and baked unleavened bread. She brought the meal to Saul and his advisors and they ate it. Then they went out into the night. It's interesting, the whole thing is extremely interesting. <clears throat> you know, this is not uh, chron- chronologically.
1: Chronologically. Uh,
0: you know, this is another time. And then one of the things indicates that Saul is an alcoholic. These are the, uh, you know, because David said that, you know, I better move away from here because he's going to come at me again. Man. And even though Saul repented, you know, that's the second, third time he's done that.
1: Yeah.
0: And, uh, because that's, uh, you know, he forgets. He's just, a, uh, he's just an alcoholic. Yeah,
1: and, um, and David's pretty, you know, he says, I'm not going to touch the Lord, who so the Lord is anointed. I'm not going to kill him, you know. This is like the second time. I think we read that even yesterday. When they were in the cave. Um, And then the Lord is the one who put them into a deep sleep. He would take the spear and the water. And he could have killed them there, but he said, I'm not going to touch the Lord. The Lord is anointed. I will not touch. And I like over here in 22, in... Let's see. Is it where am I, 22, or 26, 22, maybe or 26, 22? It says, uh, "The Lord gives His own reward for doing good and for being loyal." And I refuse to kill you, even when the Lord placed you in my power, for you are the Lord's anointed one. So the Lord rewards
0: when you make the right choices. Beautiful, wonderful. Amen. And you know that that stands for anything in ourselves we we think like for instance um buying a car or giving somebody money so they can eat, but they just they have the same problems over and over again or you, know, or you buy the car and it's not the Lord's will. the Lord's will is just for us to wait at the you know when we know deep down in our in our gut. You know it's a good deal you know it's from the lord and i've been there as opposed to head knowledge mm-hmm. and doing you know being loyal to what god's will is and knowing deep down our gut like to dreams he said saul was saying yeah. he hasn't communicated me through yeah. through the dreams i thought we
1: read that in the last chapter the normal well, the beginning chapter remember that's uh-huh. the second time that the Lord didn't reply to him. He wasn't replying to him after he did disobey him when he didn't take care of the Amalekites. In the beginning, it says the Lord didn't reply to He wasn't replying to him. He lost, he was cut off from the pipeline to the Lord. He
0: was yeah, and then you brought a wonderful point, you know, that, that when he was anointed, he was anointed forever, the presence of God had, mm-hmm. and, and it, it didn't leave him. Right. The anointing didn't leave him. Apparently, uh, David saw it. Even had David had uh, God had pulled away from him, he still was God's chosen. He, you know, He considered him. So David <clears throat> did the right choices. Huh? Yeah.
1: So you know, I guess one of the things is here's this man trying to kill David, and here's Saul trying to kill David, hunting him down. You know, and David knows he wants to you know, he hates him and he wants, he's jealous of him and he wants to kill him. But, you know, and I think that we all experience that kind of, sometimes at one point in our life with somebody who can't stand us and they they know how to how to get under our skin and, you know, our job is to not allow that person to, yeah. you know, to just do the right thing, I guess is what I'm saying. You know, when you do the right thing and you pray for that person, um, then the, it's a reward, you know, but, um, Amen. <clears throat> you know, you, you're doing the right thing, what God would expect you to do in that situation, even though you're being persecuted, yeah,
0: yeah, you know, um, in... whether it's
1: a person in AA or my, your family
0: members or
1: whatever, you know, you just have to learn to, to take the high
0: road. Amen. To make the, the uh, <clears throat> you know, in the light of the scriptures to make the proper decision. Mm-hmm. But it seems like uh, the, the our strongest moral decisions, it says right here, are the ones we make before a tempting situation strikes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and it could be speeding. It could be a, a cheating in our taxes. It could be, a, you know, uh messing around with imaginations you know uh, you know we're always being there's always a moral decision before a tempting situation strikes so we must or, or, or even a problem you know our moral decision would be to complain and fester mm-hmm. or to give Him praise and thanksgiving mm-hmm. and one of the moral decisions that we do we we in Romans 1 I think it was 21 you said mm-hmm. it says that they, they, their sin was they not, didn't honor God they didn't glorified,
1: glorified God. him
0: and gave him thanks three right, things right
1: three things yeah
0: okay so when we make a decision to to honor God we give thanks for a fender bender
1: yeah
0: uh, we give we glorify him in his word as the glory that Jesus are you were glorifying Jesus that he is our jubilant All provider and everything on the table. And we thank them. We go over with Thanksgiving. Because remember, God was mad at the Israelites in the desert because they did not ask for his counsel, for the counsel of the Lord. And when Saul went to that lady, Uh you know, she was asking for counsel through her. And, you know, when we have the Lord, and that's one thing that Alcoholic Anonymous the program emphasizes to get the Lord's counsel Mm -hmm. minute by minute
1: yeah you know it's interesting that he was the one that banned from the land all the mediums and those who consulted he was first had a ban on them Um, and then he went back in ordinary clothes disguised you know without the royal robes you know but she knew that he, there was a decree out there or whatever that
0: said, you know, they were banned. Um, well, she recognized him when she saw Saul and then her eyes were open. Uh-huh. <clears throat> you know, she screamed, you deceived me, your soul." Uh-huh. She saw into his spirit too or uh-huh. whatever. Uh-huh. But it's amazing. He said, well, the spirit would, he goes, what does he look like? He sees a God coming up out of the earth. And, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's a little G, she said. Mm -hmm. He's an old man wrapped in a robe, she replied. And I remember seeing an old man wrapped in a robe uh, one night in uh, Echo Park area. Mm -hmm. That The next morning, Chewie had an epileptic attack. Mm -hmm. And it was like, um, and we couldn't he was like turning blue He couldn't breathe or something and what we believe is there was a spirit uh, uh, you know I looked Eva says she saw him too I looked down the hall and I saw something like a monk jumping like this Mm -hmm. you know maybe about four four feet five feet tall I was about Mm -hmm. maybe ten or twelve eleven maybe Mm -hmm. about that time Mm -hmm. and he was jumping like going through the hall, I looked down there, and Emma said she saw it too when she got under the covers and, and started praying, and I didn't think anything of it, you know, I just, I saw it, and it had a, a monk's covering and, over and the he head. And it was how tall? Hmm? How tall was she? She was short, like an a kid imp size. Like an imp? About, about four feet, four something. Uh. And um, the next day, I remember all everybody yelling, we pulled Chewie, my mama pulled Chewy out into the fresh air, and they kept hitting them. And trying to wake him up, you know, he couldn't, he was just like, hadn't been mm-hmm. breathing for a while. He was like blue. And I, I think they did call the paramedics, and that happened twice, happened another time with mm-hmm. him. And But he, he was always, uh, you know, he was always taking the the adventurous road and mm-hmm. something, you know. He was just of a different temperament than yeah. all of us. Yeah. he get ticked really easy and start breaking things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, okay, let's move on. Yeah, so... um You know, it's amazing to see that the woman had to kill the calf, roast it. You know, it must have took a couple of hours. Knead dole, dough, bake, bread. She must have had some servants or something, you know, to do so much so quickly. You know, you, you talk about... I ask, you, Anna, give me some lamb. you got to go kill the... Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's neither yeah. here nor there.
1: Uh, where does it say that Saul, or she recognized it was Saul?
0: Right here on 14.
1: Um, it says... What is Saul asked? He's an old man wrapped in rope. She replied, Saul recognized it was Samuel. So it was Saul who recognized.
0: No, uh, up here when she screamed, I think uh, 13, 12, 12.
1: Okay. Okay, yes, got it. Okay, perfect.
0: Okay, go ahead and read John 11, verse 1, okay, please.
1: We're here. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with the sisters Mary and Martha. This is Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick, so the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling them, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus, sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to disciples, let's go back to Judea. But his disciples objected, Rabbi, they said only a few days ago. The people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going to go there again? Jesus replied, "There are twelve hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light. Have the light of this world. But at night, there is danger of stumbling because they have no light." Then he said, "Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I go and we will wake him. Uh, I will go and wake him up." The disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he will soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was sleeping, but Jesus meant he had died.
0: Simply sleeping.
1: I'm simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there for now. You will really believe. Come, mm-hmm. let's go see him. Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go too." and die with Jesus. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had been in his grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem and many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone rises at the last day. Jesus told her, I'm the resurrection and life. I am i am the resurrection and life the life anyone who believes in me will live even after dying everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die Ever. do you believe uh, do you do you believe this martha yes lord she told him, i have always believed you are the messiah the son of god the one who has come into the world from god Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, The teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep. So they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him. And he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see me. Then Jesus wept. Come and see. Come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him? But some said, this man healed the blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry. As he arrived at the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled across the entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he's been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside, and then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. Hallelujah. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in gray clothes, his face wrapped in headcloth. Jesus told him, unwrap him and let him go. Many of the people who were with Mary believed in Jesus when they saw this happen. But some went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Then the leading priests and Pharisees called the High Council together. What are we going to do, they asked each other. This man certainly performs many miraculous signs. If we allow him to go on like this, soon everyone will believe in him. Then the Roman army will come and destroy both the, our temple and our nation. Kefya Caiaphas. Caiaphas, who was the high priest at the time, said, You don't know what you're talking about. You don't realize that it's better for you that one man should die for the people than the whole nation be destroyed. He did not say this on his own. A high priest at the time, he was led to prophesy that Jesus would die for the entire nation, and not only for that nation but to bring together and unite all the children of God scattered around the world. So from that time on, the Jewish leaders began to plot Jesus' death. As a result, Jesus stopped his public ministry among the people and left Jerusalem. He went to a place near the wilderness, to the village of Ephraim, and stayed there with his disciples. Amen. Anything?
0: Amen, yeah. It's, um so he told him, "Plain Lazarus is dead, for your sake, I like the way it says that, uh, you will really believe. And it's evident that, uh, Thomas did not believe, because Jesus already knew those ones that were not plural, that were not going to believe in him, you know, including, um, a few other ones. Then Martha on 21, Martha said, To Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. And she said, but even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Uh So that was like a point blank that that he can't be raised again. Uh Whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. There he is. He gives her the thing. She asked a question, and he gave her the answer. Your brother will rise again. She go whatever you ask. You know, with that, she should have had faith in that. Yeah. In, in that statement. Then Martha mm-hmm. goes back again. And and it just amazes me how well theology go and how well they know what's going to happen in the future.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day.
1: Mm-hmm. They knew. They knew yeah. the scripture.
0: You know, they, they knew, you know, they knew everything that's in Revelations. And Revelation hasn't even been written, so to speak, you know. hmm Jesus told her, so, so Jesus was there for three and a half years, mm-hmm. walking around. Mm-hmm. I mean, he taught a lot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. three and a half years is a long time mm-hmm. to be with 12 right. men. I mean, I went on a mission trip, and there were six of us, mm-hmm. and we went for two weeks. And I'm telling you, we, we broke bread in the morning. Mm-hmm. We got people saved. Mm-hmm. We, we, we snuck Bibles in. But to be together for three and a half years. Yeah. Um, he. T- what I'm saying is. He taught. He he taught a lot. He was uh, in many synagogues, many people's homes, and he probably stayed with Martha and her brother Lazarus many many times. And I like where it says. The Holy Spirit just told me where I, I like where it says that. That. He did. He died so he can he can gather many of God's children around the world in fifty two. Amen. Not only for the nation, but to bring together. And and it's interesting that he calls them God's children because Jesus had not. He gave them the right to become the children of God. In other words, they were already um, by praying to God honestly. They became children of God, and they were already uh, scattered around the world. Mm-hmm. You know, so there was people saved in Africa and Russia, all over the place. And he was going. How was he going to unite them? How?
1: Well, he said he began to prophesy.
0: Okay. That well, you're I not raised. you're not tracking with me yet. Right down here. Mhm. How How is he going to unite? He's going to unite them because he is the body. Because he's going to be the body of Christ. You words, know, once he goes in the cross and he raised from the dead then the body of Christ is enlightened. A love spills over. We start loving each other more because now it's written in our hearts from Jeremiah. But Caiaphas was not the only one that prophesied. The old Testament was prophesied. Yeah, and everything yeah, but it's interesting like that.
1: that he prophesied it at this time in front of these Pharisees, right? because they're saying if we allow him to go on like this soon everyone will believe in him Mm -hmm. then the Roman army will come and destroy them and the nation but it says Caiaphas who was a high priest at that time said you don't know what you're talking about you don't realize it's better that the one man should die for the people than the whole nation be destroyed and he said he did not say this on his own as high priest at that time he was led to prophesy that Jesus would die for the entire nation.
0: It's interesting because I was waiting for the scriptures to, to say he was led by the Holy Spirit, but it says it's not, It was not led by the Holy Spirit, but he was led to prophesy probably through God. Yeah.
1: So really it sounds like God revealed that to him and he just took over his vocals and began to speak. One of the things that I thought was... Um, but over here, too, in uh, 16, 11, 16, it says, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go to and die with Jesus. Remember, Peter mm-hmm. said he was willing to die for Jesus. Remember, so I'm surprised he said that, since he was the doubting Thomas, right? Yeah. But so, because over here it was You're saying... You're
0: surprised he said that?
1: Yeah, because he said, let's go die with Jesus.
0: So, um, wait a minute. Well, he was, uh, the, the, you know, right before them, he said that you may really believe. Right. So that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to get them to anchor him in belief that he was God. He was God, but that, that was a negative statement. That's a pessimistic, oh, negative exactly. statement yeah. okay. from a person.
1: Because he was going to be stoned, he's like, well, let's go with him to die. It, and it's he interesting,
0: it says all of Judea. Yeah. And then when he goes, the town is not called Judea. The town is called Bethany. Right. Uh-huh. So Judea must be the state or the providence that includes Jerusalem. And uh, you see, all in Judea, everybody wants to kill you, right? they wanted to stone you in, in Judea but that's neither here nor there right
1: um maybe I'm just thinking that Peter had also said I'm willing to go die with you I was just surprised that Thomas That's the first through. time I
0: saw that too yeah, yeah. It's the first time I saw it,
1: it just in my mind that popped in but uh, going over to um he, you know Jesus said it's good that I wasn't here you know I like what he said it's, I'm glad that I wasn't here um I lost my my place on that, but um, anyway, um, this part where um, when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. And then later on in verse 38, it says Jesus was still angry. So that's like the first time that I see that in the word that Jesus had anger. Because even though he took the money tables and
0: he yeah, threw them down, a, it doesn't
1: say he was angry.
0: He said he just, this
1: so my, what my was it? is my house. What
0: was he angry at? That they, they there didn't were believe? the money
1: changers that they were no.
0: in his, oh, here? In content. Yeah,
1: so I'm wondering. Um,
0: what was he angry at? Uh, was he angry because he couldn't get to oh, her, that she couldn't point. believe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was angry at sin. He was angry at death. He yeah. was angry yes. Yes. at sickness. Yes. He was angry because good. that was yeah, that was his beloved brother there mm-hmm. that he loved. And 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 everybody was crying. So we look we look what we used to see Rosa. Yeah. Remember that anger used yeah. to dwell up inside of us. Yeah. In Jesus name, rise up and yes. walk. Yes. You know we we wanted yeah. her well. We we right. cried. We prayed right. and prayed and. Right. He wouldn't give up, huh?
1: Yeah, right. So and,
0: righteous indignation.
1: Yeah, and that's what we're kind of learning today is like, when you're sick, Jesus wants you well right now, you know? That's the kind
0: of how maybe that... But, oh, that was a wonderful teaching. We are His arms, we are His voice, we are His representatives, and Jesus does the work through us. All we have to do is spend time in the Word, mm-hmm. and we come into, in front of a dirty person, either sickness or sin or whatever. It's in jesus name be healed be established in the purposes of god so we're prophesying
1: you know i believe that day that she got up from her bed um because we had been praying with her you know one of the things you always used to say is rise up and walk you know that was constantly coming out of your mouth in her presence and if she was asleep and
0: i saw it in my vision yeah
1: so. yeah and um You know, just the the times where I I just, you know, would say under my breath even, like, in the name of Jesus, I command you to, you know, sickness to go out or whatever I was speaking
0: under my breath. So we're the body of Christ and we had righteous indignation against the sickness to see a loved one sick in bed for 14, 16 years. Right. Right. Um. same thing with Jesus. Can you imagine how, how much Jesus had?
1: Yeah, so, and because they said he, you know, they were his
0: his friends and stuff. Well, I'd like to go back to 52. It says, and not only for that nation, but to bring together and unite all the children of God scattered around the world. So, did, did they all ever, did they all come together and be united? No. A lot of them stood out there, you know, they died in Russia, they died in Italy and Spain, mm-hmm. all those places. But they came together in one body as the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Okay, we all They all became the body of Jesus, the, the vein of Jesus, the, the parade, the procession of the church of the body of Christ, all as one. Really, and there's a lot of power when we pray in unity. Yeah. There's so many prayers that are, are hoovering over our heads that from past years, past saints, past Christians, uh-huh. and then the other Christians and other nations that are praying for us. So we have to say, Lord, I agree with my brother. I agree with the body of Christ, Lord. I agree, Lord God, that with the body of Christ, Lord God, that we are, we, we are the children of God, and therefore we command sickness and disease to leave this person's body. We command poverty and lack to leave this person's body. We command the Holy Ghost to take over this body. We command this person to to live for you, to be alive in Christ Jesus.
1: Um, one of the things here, it says, um, oh, I like it a lot when he says that in verse 40, 41, uh, so they rolled the stone aside and then jesus looked up to heaven and said father thank you for hearing me and it says you always hear me but i said it aloud for the sake of the people standing here so that they will believe you sent me so he's giving he's going to the father who you know he only does what the father says but he's
0: putting it it's interesting like we 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 heard the teaching of uh Fred Price earlier, yeah. mm-hmm. and he says that uh, Jesus was commanding something, and then he also revealed to us just what you said that he spent time in his closet asking the Father.
1: Uh-huh.
0: You know, he already asked him, yeah. and Father already already told him. Yeah. So he wasn't asking again. He goes, right. "I'm saying it for the benefit of yeah, the people right. Ooh, good one. Yeah.
1: But, but then also, and two, he said because <clears> he when he was telling the disciples earlier, he said. Um, he's not dead. He's asleep, or, or he's asleep, and they thought he's asleep, but then he said, no, asleep means dead. So he already knew, you know, it's kind of like he prayed, like you said, in a secret place before he got there, right?
0: Yep, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then uh, you always hear me. So I like that, because it says... Um, if you if you know that the Father, if you know me, you know the Father. The Father's in me, and I'm in the Father, right? So now, it's like Jesus is in us, so we have access to the Father in the name of Jesus. And when we pray, where are you going with this, Anna? And when you pray, you just thank Him that He's hearing what we're saying when we pray.
0: You're asking the Father Yeah. You know, you're making a request mm-hmm. in Jesus' yeah. name. And when you're, you know, you got to pre-soak it in asking prayer and waiting on God. And then you get an anointing or you get an answer. You get the love of God. So when you're in front of the problem, you can—it's all, all the work is done. All you have to do is prophesy to it. In Jesus' name, rise up and walk. In Jesus' name.
1: But, you know, he, he gives them thanks. Thank you. Thank you for hearing me. Thank you. always you hear me. You always hear me. You know, so it's like, I think, I think what, I think Frederick Price was kind of bringing this point up. It's like, well, you know, you're asking for something, you know, it's answered. If, if you think God gave you a different vehicle and you asked for this, it wasn't from God. He didn't answer that one. You know, it, it's
0: um you know one of the things you know that you just opened up a big can of worms there because okay. it's uh you're talking about specifics color and yeah. mm-hmm. so forth and mm-hmm. you know you're asking and it has to be specific almost like a computer request the computer mm-hmm. needs to know i said lord i want i want to plant a palm tree in front of my thing and then the lord says what well, kind of palm trees we gotta Three thousand different kinds of palm trees. You gotta be specific.
1: You
0: can be specific. What kind of palm tree you want? I re- I remember praying, the Lord just brought it to my attention. I remember praying for a metal part that clips into uh, to a desk because I some customers, lovely people, had given me a lamp, but it didn't have the holder that goes to the business desk. Mm-hmm. I specifically prayed for that, and God answered me specifically within three days. Mm-hmm. It fell out of the closet right in front of me. And then I picked it up, and I said, thank you, God. Went, Uh and I screwed it on my desk, a real estate desk, and I put the lamp and turned it on. And it was one of, like, that brown lamp that has it was one of those lamps that you can stretch, the brown one, like a... So, you know, through trial and error, we're learning to pray for specifics. Mm, Amen. Specifics, you know, and... uh, um, and sometimes we have to pray, ask God for what's God's will in the situation so we can pray for specifics. And a lot of times he said he answered us through prayer. So many times we had asked God for a vehicle and he has given us dreams and visions of specific vehicles. Mm-hmm. Usually they're silver, SUVs, or a hot red sports car, or a giant uh, Hummer, blue, business-like. Really good, he gives us enough specifics for us. Hey, I'm giving you a hint.
1: Yeah, You you know, the one real vision that I had a few few years ago, and I wish I would have wrote this down, I might have wrote it down somewhere, I think I did, Um, is that I saw a house in this vision, and it was a big white house, and when we went to look at it today, it's that shape.
0: That. And it was white. It's interesting. We were walking the day before, and we we noticed all the cone-shaped uh-huh. houses. Mhm. Uh-huh. And I didn't realize so much that this house is cone-shaped like that, too. It's yeah. got the the the, the 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 rooftop, like, for snow country, you know, where the snow will slide off really easy.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, it's but like... Not,
0: but, you know, there again, the house, God showed me that house. Now he's given us the address. Now it's our job to ask God, specifically, 409 Sierra Madre, you know, with all the fruit trees, with the space we need, the garage, the parking spaces, the pool, the fireplace, the character in the house, mm-hmm. you know, and we ask him to specifically give it to us as our home. Lord, we ask this for this home, that I just described to you, in Jesus' name. There, I wrote. I wrote the request down and I signed it in Jesus' name. Lord, that this this will come to pass in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Yeah. Um, so, anyways, that we have to remember that, you know, um, you know, one of the things we have to, we Mark chapter 11 verse 22, 23, right in there. Um, it says that whenever you pray, that whatsoever you pray, that what you desire, believe that you receive. So, you know, we can, we pray, but then, you know, it, it, doubt and unbelief, you know, it's not going to come to pass if you pray and then cast it with doubt and unbelief. You have to do what, you know, Frederick taught us. I believe That's... I receive my Lexus. LS 460. I believe all that? my needs are being met. I believe I receive my healing. You you know, but you always know he's already answered.
0: So how does faith come? By knowing where the... So when we're praying, we have to have faith, yes. not, not knowledge, head knowledge that this is the way right. he's doing it, that it's not a blueprint, but it's, it's coming from the heart and we're releasing faith in our prayers. So the only way um, to establish that is to get deep into the scripture, go over the promises mm-hmm. and then we formulate and make our requests in a valid faithful intelligent way and Fred price says to start where your faith is yeah. okay so I want you to pray for a specific thing and, and and then when you feel like you let go of faith then you start praising him and thanking him like we've been praying what what have we been praying for Lord, we pray for a burr coffee maker. What was the name of that that company that, that you saw on the internet that had the the coffee grounds on top? It was uh, a kitchenware or something yeah. like that. Uh, anyway, it's specifically and the color I like specifically and the color. Krupp? Not crap. No, come on. Burr. Burr. No, Burr is the grinding wheel. That's what okay. caused the name of the company. Uh, City Lights, uh, Kitchenware.
1: KitchenAid.
0: Yeah, that KitchenAid one.
1: was the one the other day I saw.
0: Yeah, we saw we saw that, that all the beans go on top and it grinds it in different things and. Yeah. So, there. That's you know, so. we're talking about specifics and small things, we pray for so we can strengthen our faith and then he asks us to specifically pray for money coming in over and above our normal income so we can get a car payment
1: Amen.
0: specifically or maybe not even a car payment but you know so fred price started with 155 a month and then he went up and then he started buying cars by cash and then he prayed for a Rolls royce And someone gave it to him. All things are possible. Okay, we'll go ahead and read the last uh, two things there. Okay,
1: Okay, Psalm 117, verse 2. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Praise Him, all you people of the earth. For He loves us with unfailing love. The Lord's faithfulness endures forever. Amen. Proverbs 15, 22-23 says, Plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. 23 says, Everyone enjoys a fitting reply. It is wonderful to say the right thing at the right time. Amen. It's wonderful to say the right thing at the right time.